This podcast contains content intended for a mature audience and is recommended for ages 18 or older. Please be aware that the content may include subjects involving sex, drugs, violence, and topics that may be sensitive to some listeners. There will also be spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for podcast updates and upcoming episode announcements. On today's episode of Smut Decoded, we discuss part two of The Words by Ashley Jade. Welcome to Smut Decoded. It's your favorite smut lovers. Hey guys, it's Natalia. Hey y'all, it's Quinn. This is part two of The Words. Last episode, we ended on it being four years later. Four fucking years later. Four fucking years. (laughs) (laughs) She had to say it like that. I did. <laughs> We're at the point where it's four years later and Phoenix and his band Sharp Objects just won a Grammy. He has three other band members, Storm, and then there's adopted brothers, Memphis and Josh. Ugh. Ugh. Right. I had to add that. Ugh. Josh has a fiance named Skylar. Their manager Chandler rented this house on the beach and Phoenix is saying I've been partying for the past 24 hours. 24 hours. I don't know how anyone could party that long. Drugs? That's a lot of partying. Yeah, it is. I get tired recording these at 930. (laughs) (laughs) You got caffeine tonight? No, I have I, I got my margarita ready to go. I know you have Jose Cuervo. Cuervo? <laughs> is that how you Cuervo. say it? Cuervo. <laughs> Phoenix, he won a Grammy. For, al- for, <laughs> for album, album of, the, of year. the year. They've really made it big. Josh decides, hey, these hotties right here, let's take him into the room and snort some coke off their tits. Phoenix does it. He's really done a good job of staying away from the hard stuff. But they won a Grammy. He's making an exception. That's right. You go, boy. We do not condone drug use. This is a book. Phoenix won a Grammy. Do what you got to do. <laughs> so, Smut Dakota does not condone drugs. Okay, yeah. thanks. <laughs> they take these two girls and they go in the room. Skylar notices. And let me just say, Josh is a shit. This part, and I know I've said this multiple freaking times, this was another one of those parts where I genuinely thought I was going to throw up. Yeah, I was. it made me sick because Josh has cheated multiple times. It felt like every time, I'm imagining this in my head, right, because of the way that Ashley described it in the book, but I'm imagining almost every show. He's going so- behind closed doors, doing whatever he wants to do. So I don't know if we mentioned it in last episode, but she does have the consequence, which is Memphis, Skylar, and Josh. And it's set before the words. It actually answers a lot of fucking questions about Josh. No, it's not the consequence. It's the choice. The consequence is she hasn't finished that one yet. That one's going to be set after the words, which isn't out yet. But the first one is the choice. Actually reading that cue that 
put a lot in perspective. He was still a shit. He was a big fucking cheater. Skylar noticed his, him bringing these girls in the room, but he hurry up and locks the door. She's banging on the door, banging on the door, and... Crying. Yeah, crying, poor thing. She's like, open up. And Josh is just like, in a minute. We're just talking. talking. We're just talking. <laughs> As he's snorting stuff off of her, this girl's titty. He tells them to suck his dick. Phoenix tells the girl to get on her knees. She starts sucking his dick. While she's sucking his dick, Josh is like, hey, she has some stuff left over on her titties for you. And guys, this part is just like it. I had to be the one to talk about this because it bothers the shit out of me. Josh pours the drug on her titty and Phoenix snorts it. He describes it as this wave of intense nausea hits him. And he's like, this is not Coke. He looks at Josh and he goes, what kind of Coke is this? I'm going to do my Josh voice. He do says, your Josh voice. <laughs> the heroin kind. <laughs> so, and he's giggling. He thinks it's so funny. He's like, dude, what the fuck? Like, literally, everyone knows heroin is the that meth that's like the hardcore shit the shit you really stay away from but he just snorted it and he gets this huge wave of nausea he pukes all over the girl that is sucking his dick and what does she do she keeps sucking it <laughs> if it's phoenix walker's dick you keep sucking she keeps sucking it after the nausea he feels this euphoria he's really high she finishes sucking his dick. She swallows and he goes, there's the shower. At this point, Skylar gets in there with a, a screwdriver. She's crying and she's like, we're fucking done and leaves. Josh pulls out some keys and he's like, hey, let's go take a ride. I stole Chandler's keys to his Mustang. They're both not in their right mind, but they go anyway. Phoenix is the one that gets behind the wheel. I love the part that because when they turn on the car, this is probably what you would hear when you turned on my car is Britney Spears. <laughs> Britney fucking Spears. If it's not an audiobook, it's probably Britney Spears. They're riding and they're they're laughing. Josh snorts another line of heroin while they're in the car. And Phoenix is like, dude, we just snorted sound like five fucking seconds ago. Storm calls and is like, where the fuck are you? And Storm is like the level-headed one between him and Phoenix. You were painting a picture earlier. I go back to in high school when we first meet these guys and we're learning about them. We knew Phoenix did a little bit of drinking, but they never once mentioned that Phoenix and Storm had ever done drugs or really they were yeah. so focused on their music and their band that this wasn't super normal behavior for Phoenix. No, Phoenix actually didn't want to turn to his dad. He stayed away unless he was celebrating. He's like, where the fuck are you? He was like, stop it. You stop the car. We're coming get you. They pull over. Josh somehow convinces Phoenix to let him drive. And that he's not fucked up. He gets behind the wheel and starts driving. Within seconds of them getting back on the road, Phoenix texts Storm and is like, hey, we're good. We're coming back. Next thing, Phoenix is waking up in the vehicle because Josh wrecked the car. They were in a bad accident. Phoenix is in a lot of pain. He explains everything hurts. 
He's looking for his phone, looks over at Josh and he's like, Josh, Josh is alive at this point. He's making jokes and he's like, dude, Chandler's going to kill us. He's like, dude, do you have your phone? He looks over at Josh again and he hears like, I call it the death rattle. Mm. It's the breathing, the rattle you hear in the chest when someone's dying. Phoenix, here's the, the death rattle coming from Josh. Josh says, Skylar. Phoenix is like, dude, stay with me. We're going back to Skylar. And he says, Sky. And then he dies. Phoenix describes it as he just sees his eyes glass over and they lose him. That was a pretty traumatic experience for Phoenix. In the last four years, Josh was with them constantly. They were spending a ton of time together. Storm and Chandler end up rolling up right after Josh passes away. Storm is freaking out. They're trying to get Phoenix out of the car. They're calling 911. At the time, we don't know if Phoenix is alive or not because the chapter ends with Storm specifically saying, Phoenix, stay with us. Stay with me. You're not going to die. We then shift to Lennon. Lennon is bartending at Obsidian, which is actually a gentleman's club in her town. We learn about the weight loss, how she battled food addiction, how she did actually have boyfriends and other sexual encounters at Dartmouth. I was so proud of Lennon in this moment because even though Phoenix, what did she say? You half took my virginity. She doesn't want to give Phoenix all of that credit. She tells him a name of a guy that took the other half of her virginity. I think it's really funny because she refuses to give Phoenix that credit of taking her full virginity. I she also loved she, that. Yeah. She also explains that she went from a size 18 to a 10 on, on good days. Um, the bloated period days is a size 12. Which, can I be frank, that's quite an adjustment. Look, guys. Lennon going from a size 18 to a 10, if you haven't gone through weight loss, that's a pretty huge change. Like we said, Nat and I have gone through this ourselves. And I loved the way that Ashley Jade describes all this. Lennon's living her life. She's doing her things. We find out that as she's about to go back to her third year at Dartmouth, her dad was actually diagnosed with early onset dementia. She had tried to find different jobs throughout her time to where she could help her dad pay for some of his medical bills. He was a freelance songwriter. Yes. He didn't have specific health insurance. He paid for it himself. If he's not working, they have to pay all of that out of pocket. Eventually, a few things don't work out because she wants to spend time with him during the day when he's coherent. So she starts working at night at a nightclub. She's not stripping or anything, but she is still in that nightclub atmosphere. She's working interesting hours. She sits down to eat one night after she gets home from her shift. That's when she sees on the news that two members were in a massive car accident. We learned that Phoenix was in critical condition in the hospital. This particular occasion stuck out to me. Because, oh, I love that you used my sidebar method. <laughs> well, I forgot to mention. <laughs> oh, 
my god, I love you. (laughs) Shut up. Go ahead. Josh is not the the only one that died in that car accident. The people that they reckon to is actually a mother who is pregnant and her son who is in the car as well. She cleaned houses and she had no one to watch her son that day. That's why he was with her. She was actually a big fan of sharp objects. She listened to them in her car. She loved the band. That made it almost even more tragic. That like, hey, you essentially murdered a mom who loved you and her kid. And her unborn child. Yeah. Three people. Three. Passed away. Or four people, including Josh and Bass. Lennon says in her mind that even after Phoenix stole her song, even after she's processing all these emotions because he was a giant dickhead, she was relieved that he wasn't dead. Now, Lennon is a good person. It would take a lot. I don't think I've ever wished anyone to be literally dead. But that still stood out to me because even if she doesn't romantically have feelings for him at this point, she still cares a lot about him as a human. She still cared that he was doing well and cared about his well-being. Yeah. Even though she really drags out this grudge. Good. Like The fucker deserved it. I know. I know. But, and I'll say this, guys. There are people who, since we released part one, who hadn't read the book, but they listened to the episode and they were like, holy shit, I'm going to hurry up and read this book. Before part two, we have a friend who is actually reading it right now. She cannot get on track with liking Phoenix. She is struggling. I agree with her. I didn't like Phoenix for a really long time. In fact, my dislike of George pushed me to Phoenix. (laughs) I know Ashley Jade said right now there's no plans for a Storm book, but I would let Storm tie me up to a bed, okay? Yeah, me too. We jump three months later. This is three months after Phoenix and Josh's car accident. Phoenix is spiraling his fucking ass off spiraling. He is drunk all the time. At this point, he wakes up. (laughs) He's such a hot mess. He wakes up in the hallway of (laughs) his hotel. (laughs) He has his publicist, his manager, Memphis, and Storm all standing there just looking down at him, just passed out on the hallway floor. His publicist is like, I fucking quit. I quit. She's tired of trying to cover up his mess. He's spiraling. It's not what the fans want to see. In the wake of Josh's death, it's it's a social media and news rat race. He was videoed fucking someone. Dang it, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah, he was videoed fucking someone on the, the bar of the hotel. And he just doesn't care. Let me sidebar really quick. How does that even happen? You've seen those hotel bars, right? How do you just start... Phoenix, were you just standing there ripping your clothes off in the middle of this hotel bar in front of God and everybody and just... Maybe she was wearing a dress and he just like pulled her panties to the side and just like... Because I'm sitting here thinking like, and then you're going to climb up on the bar? Maybe he just bent just over the bar. Oh. My way sounded a lot more fun. So my way, (laughs) for the longest time, I thought they were on top of the bar, but 
now I'm just having like logical thinking right now. And I was like, Maybe <laughs> he bent her over the bar. He's like, what did I do? They open the, the hotel door and it's a fucking wreck. There's shit everywhere. Everything's broken. Phoenix is just like, oh, I'll send them. I'll tell them to send We'll pay bill. for it. Yeah. No big deal. And the bedroom door opens and a bunch of fucking females walk out. And oh, yeah, they do. And does not remember having this big fucking orgy. He does not. <laughs> but he's like, apparently I fucked a bunch of bitches last night. As he's pissing in the plant and he's yeah. the hotel room. <laughs> he's, he has to take a leak and he's relieving himself in the plant, in the plant of the hallway. Oh, I love and Phoenix so much. <laughs> all the girls are like, bye, Phoenix. He was like, I don't see what the problem is. They were like, that's the problem. There's this girl standing in the doorway. She's apparently a recommended like therapist. She was his sober companion. This is his 10th sober companion in three months. Only one sober companion was a male. He fucked every sober companion except for the male. He just convinced him to get fucked. So By he the groupies. fuck. He doesn't even recognize the girl. He's like, well, I don't know. What's, how is she the problem? Like, he was like, please <laughs> tell me you're of age. They were like, that's your sober companion. You fucked her. The one thing you weren't supposed to do. He was just like, oh. Then Chandler <laughs> fires her and she Obviously. walks out. And the publicist was like, you know what? I don't get paid enough for this. Phoenix was like, I'm pretty sure you do, but okay, bye. Like, he does not give a shit. At this point, he lost his publicist. He lost his sober companion. And they're like, okay, now we need a publicist and a sober companion. They recommended Skylar. I loved that, though, because she was a merch girl. She was. She was their merch girl. She put up with so much of Josh's mm -hmm. shit. Later on, she mentioned to Lennon that she was trying to get into this space anyway. Oh, yes. She had been wanting to be publicist. She knew the guys. Yeah. She had an idea of the space. She, and she knew was what good to at do. her fucking job. Hell yeah, she was. The only one that didn't want that was Memphis. We don't know why yet. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of the book, Phoenix mentioned that Josh doesn't even notice that his brother is in love with his fiance, but now, that doesn't really tell you why. You know what? I want to spend just a day in your brain. Why? Because I'm sitting here with my eight pages of copious notes. <laughs> she literally and has you, eight pages of notes. You remember these beautiful, specific, and there are certain things I remember, but there are tidbits that you have caught on in every single book we read. And I'm just like, damn, I love that. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just. I know, I I know you get uncomfortable with compliments, but I'm going to compliment you anyway. Thank you. Thank you. I do. I do get uncomfortable with compliments. <laughs> but. <laughs> Appreciate it, though. I know. So, You're all flush now. <laughs> I know. God damn it. And. Okay, so my face is shiny right now because I have I put a pill on my face for the night. Of course night. you did. I'm just saying. That's why it's shiny. It's not oily. Team. Yep. So they were like, okay, we're going to make the call. We're going to hire Skylar. And for Chandler, a publicist, yes. For a publicist. Chandler was like, we need someone who will not fuck Phoenix and who hates him. Who literally hates him. His guts. But, yep. Storm is like, I have just the fucking person. Yeah, you do. 
<laughs> Chandler goes to find our girl, Lennon. She's working at Obsidian. He comes to the bar, and at first she's like, who the fuck are you? Like, what's happening? There's a gentleman talking to her at the bar, and he's like, do you want me to take care of this guy? And she's like, no, I'm good. Chandler offers her $100,000 to come I, – I love this – to come be <laughs> Phoenix's sober companion. Yes. Real quick. Yes. I'm having trouble trying to figure out what Chandler looks like. Me too. She oh. describes him as having cargo pants. He wears cargo <laughs> pants. That bothers me. Too like Because who the <laughs> fuck wears cargo pants anymore? I almost bought my three-year-old a pair of little cargo shorts. But he's a baby. <laughs> That's different. This dude, but spoiler alert, it does come out that Chandler does have a small dig. I'm going to just say that now. Or it's not that big. Skylar makes a reference to it at one point. But he's wearing cargo shorts. She makes a mention about his shoes. But I just, if anybody has, not fan art, but some kind of a picture of someone that they think that Chandler would look like, please share it with us on our Facebook page. In if our group. you have any, or if you can even pick a celebrity lookalike or yeah, find someone like on something, IG. Something. Let us know what you think Chandler looks like. Because I, ne- I need to know. I can't even come up with anybody. I'm struggling because I just don't know. I just pictured someone kind of square who probably doesn't get laid that much. Chandler's an asshole. <laughs> That's not a good description. <laughs> No, with cargo, cargo with cargo pants, and I imagine flip flops like or like those dorky sandals with socks or Crocs <laughs> with socks on. I like Crocs; they're very comfortable. With socks on, you don't wear Crocs with socks. I have before. I know you have. <laughs> we go through a period of time <laughs> where Chandler keeps coming to Lennon. And offering her more money. We get to 150K. We mentioned Mrs. Palma in the first episode. She chats quite a bit throughout the book with Mrs. Palma. Chandler comes one more time and says, look, I will give you $200,000 to do this. Lennon really thinks this through. Mrs. Palma says that most days Lennon's dad doesn't know who she is. Yeah. At this point, because of the dementia, that's challenging to hear for her. But Lennon is only 22 at this point. She already gave up Dartmouth. She's working at a gentleman's club bar, for God's sake. Mrs. Palma's like, your dad's in good health. We aren't in any risky area right now. Go for the eight weeks. Go see the country. Go get yourself some money. Go do it. So Lennon does agree they negotiate a little bit based on what Lennon thinks in her mind she would have gotten for the song, for selling the song and the royalties from the song. The label pays for half of the contract. I want to say then, they, they agreed on like 250 or something. It was 250, 300. It was higher. It, it kept creeping yeah. up based on what he started at for sure. She signs both contracts and Chandler, as you pointed out with the sober companion, very specifically says, it's really important that you don't fuck Phoenix. That is the, <laughs> the number one rule. He 
goes through some things like he has to stay sober. You have to be with him wherever he goes. But number one thing is you cannot fuck him. He says that she fucks him, she's done. And she doesn't get a dime. Correct. Because she's not getting paid until after this eight weeks. So if she breaks a contract in any way, then she gets zero dollars. Zero. Not even any prorated amount for her time, which I know I negotiate for a living, but I was like, come on, Lennon. You should try to push for a little bit more money at that point. But yeah, she agrees. She gets ready to go on tour. And I thought it was a dick move from Chandler because he was like, you have to get to California by XYZ. And Mrs. Palma was like, shit, you would have already needed to leave. We got to get you packed, girl. Yeah, because they're in Florida. (laughs) She gets to California. Chandler does say, look, if we're not on the bus, we're at a hotel, and you are going to have an adjoining room. I about shit my pants when he said that. Why? Could you imagine having an adjoined room with your freaking ex? Okay, I shit my pants because I literally hate this fucker. It would be really uncomfortable. It would be super uncomfortable because she loved this man. She has no idea what she's about to walk into. He gutted her. Mm-hmm. I mean, totally and won a motherfucking her. Grammy. I know she needed the money for her dad, and she would do anything for her dad. And adjoining rooms. Yeah, and sidebar, she thinks this whole time that Phoenix never went after her for this whole four years. She right. believes that he just went on with his life and did not give a shit that he broke her heart. And stole her song. I mean, at this point, I thought the same thing. I have a thing for the underdogs. I think maybe it might be because I'm the black sheep in my family and I'm the middle child. I I don't know. I'm always rooting for the underdog. And I I, I had faith in them. I really did. I I was rooting for Phoenix. I'm like, dude, you keep fucking up. You got to get it together. But I knew he didn't go the whole four years without trying something. You're one of my favorite sheep, Nat. you i was the black sheep too i was always one of the people that at least on my mom's side of the family i challenged status quo we talked about this earlier i won't talk about what our conversation was but i didn't ever accepted things for what they were mm-hmm. i pushed boundaries and no one liked that <laughs> i never smiled correctly in family pictures for holidays and stuff i was always the one what? Doing like the peace sign or like my face was all like crazy. It would piss my mom off. I was the hot mess. I still am, but it's okay. Lennon gets to the hotel. Oh, God. she walks in. There's a big fucking party going on. Naturally. Phoenix is getting his dick sucked by two females. He does not recognize Lennon at all. He basically is like... You want to join? Like he wants to fuck Lennon. He's like, you're so hot. Are you going to, are you going to join us? These two groupies are making room on his dick for her. She's like, no. Mm -mm." So she turns around and walks out. She finds Chandler. She's like, I need some stuff. I need aspirin, handcuffs, water. He was like, okay, I'll hurry up and get what I can. Cause she was like, I need him now. He was getting in the elevator at the time, but he turns around and goes and knocks on a door. He <laughs> says, hey, I need your handcuffs. And he gets handcuffs and hands them to Lennon. He was like, give me a, a little bit to give you the rest of the stuff. And she's standing there like, 
I thought the fucking handcuffs would be the shit that I'd be waiting for. I loved that. Spoiler alert, they were from Storm. Storm. <laughs> You'll find out later that Storm helps her as we go through. Like, he has all these different contraptions. For He was like, look, if there's not a bedpost, we have these under the bed straps, too. Like, he really, he's really, he's really on Lennon's side this whole fucking time. Message to Storm, please provide some instructions. For the under the bed wraps. She kicks everybody out. She handcuffs into the bed and is like, you're staying there till the morning, pretty much. He passes out. She comes in the next morning, tells Phoenix, hey, guess what? I'm your new sober companion. They chat. And he ba- she basically tells him, look, I'm going to make your life a living hell. It's time for you to pay for what you've done to me. He's basically like, that's tough tits because it's going to be my mission to get you fired, to get rid of your fucking ass. Chandler comes in. He's telling Chandler, you need to fucking fire her. He's like, not doing it. He was like, how could you hire my fucking ex? Storm comes in. He was like, it was my idea. I loved that. Yeah. I fucking loved that because he definitely did not stick to bro code i I really like that because bro code no matter what you lie for your dude for everything like you always back him up and he did not he knew that phoenix needed a sober companion and he did not give a fuck who it was he knew lennon would get the fucking job done lennon and storm have this beautiful friendship throughout the whole book when she gets to the hotel, she meets Memphis. She meets Storm. Memphis and Storm both agree that Lennon is fucking hot. That's right. She is hot. <laughs> Memphis could not stop staring at her. They both agree. Memphis was like, dude, she has an ass on her. Phoenix was like, don't even fucking think about it. He is very territorial over Lennon. I thought this part was pretty important because Lennon actually tells Storm about her dad, about why she then agreed to come on the tour to be Phoenix's sober companion. Then Lennon finds out that no one but her and Phoenix still know that he stole the song. Right. It hasn't gotten out yet. But it's only those two that that know about it. Storm keeps her secret about her dad. Yes. For a long time. Phoenix said he's going to make it his mission to somehow get her fired. They go to a show, and for every show, the last song he sings to close out the show is the song he stole. Sharp Objects. Sharp Objects. Yeah. From, he's the one he stole from Lennon. He cannot fucking sing it. He can't. Lennon describes it as they kept starting up like Memphis, Storm. Oh, and George. Fucking George. George. George Can is I the sidebar one? for a second? Yeah. I could not remember George's name. First of all, fucking George. George. No one named George is in a rock band, okay? Not these days. No. What the... First of all, no. Poor George. Second of all, he was so boring and forgettable. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Who? I literally wrote in my notes. I said... It's that guitarist who's so forgettable. I can't remember his name. Oh, Oh, wait, it's George. (laughs) And we actually forgot to introduce him because we just, oh, we're like, oh, shit, George. (laughs) 
<laughs> Actually, they don't get along with George because number one, George took Josh's place. George is, he's just a stand in. I don't think he has a permanent place in the band. No. He's like the oddball out. So at this show, they start up, they play in the intro to this music, and Phoenix will not start singing. They played the intro like at three least times. three times. Yeah. He just flips them, everybody the bird, which is how he ends all of his shows, and walks off. She loved the fact that he could not sing that fucking song. He would not explain to anyone why he wasn't singing it. Actually, it's really funny because this is when Phoenix starts acting out to try and get her fired before they call a little truce. He takes these girls into the green room. What's that you asked for? I asked after this chapter that we're on, because my notes are chapter by chapter, specifically after this chapter, I noted when they fucking. <laughs> you couldn't just wait after after this chapter. I, know how Quinn I didn't is. think you were going to call on me right away. It's a when they fucking, every book, every fucking episode, when they fucking. Every, every book. So she's, yeah, so sidebar, Quinn's getting to that point where she's about to be like, when they fucking. Sidebar so, to the sidebar. <laughs> he goes into the green room, He and he has two or three groupies with him. Lennon stands up. She was like, I'm not fucking going in there with you while you're getting your dick sucked. But <laughs> Phoenix has this alternative plan. She has no idea the layout of the green room. She has no idea that there's a, a way out. Because she even has to follow him to the fucking bathroom. Chandler was like, I don't care if you have to go in the bathroom with him. You're going to go where he goes. She's standing outside the room. For the longest time, she doesn't realize that he's not fucking in there. He went out through the trap door, the exit door. There's a way to exit out of the green room and she didn't know about it she's sitting there for a long time and finally she gets one of the workers to open it phoenix is gone doopy out. she's looking for him everywhere she finally recruits storm she knocks on storm's door and she's like i can't find i can't find phoenix he has a bitch tied up in his fucking bed hell yeah he does and he's like <laughs> Just stay right there. I'll be right back. Don't move. And she's <laughs> like, like well, it's not. She goes, it's not like I can anyways. <laughs> well, and and I thought she also knocked on Memphis's door and Memphis was like, I'm busy. Yeah, he was. Cause he had like I bet a, you um, are Memphis. He had a female all up on him and stuff. Can I just say something? What? Now you're I saying love, my line? I, I love your line. I love when I get a random text from you and you're like, can I just say something? I'm like, fuck yes, you can. <laughs> Teddy Hamilton did a great job differentiating Chandler, Phoenix, I know. Storm. I mean, him and Aaron are both just so flippin' talented. I love his Memphis voice. It reminds me of another narrator. It's someone from Nate Games. I think it's J.F. Harding. The one that uh, his, Yes. It's Teddy's Memphis voice reminds me of J.F. Harding. And I'm like, what a freaking talent. These narrators can just pull all these voices yeah. out. It's amazing. I love Teddy. Me too. They end up going on a little search for him. They're in Vegas. They even check the hotel. Casino. They looked everywhere. Yeah. They find him. They see a bunch of cops and some people around the water fountain. They didn't think anything of it until they hear 
Phoenix's big ass fucking mouth because he's getting arrested. <laughs> he's fucked up. He's wet. He jumped in the fucking water fountain. Okay. He's getting arrested. Storm has to save him and be like, okay, I'll give y'all tickets to the next show. Front row tickets to the Front show. Front row tickets. So they let Phoenix go. And I really laughed at this part because they're trying to get him back in the room without Chandler hearing. They're in the hallway of the hotel and Phoenix starts singing, I can't get no satisfaction. And they're like, shut the fuck up. That's when Chandler is like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> they're like, oh, he's drunk, but we, he's fine. We um, got it. We got it. She ends up tying him to the bed again. Obviously. They actually made an agreement. He'll calm down if she gives him a kiss. Oh, I felt this kiss everywhere. Yep. She strapped him to the bed and she kissed him. But she wasn't going to. And he was like, look, I'll get you fucking fired. You better kiss me. He moans. He moans. He fucking loves Lennon. Loved. He felt that. She mentions too. She was like, I felt this kiss. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. I fucking felt it. If you are kissing a man and he moans in reaction, I I think I would husband that shit up. Yeah, (laughs) instant cum in your pants. (laughs) I feel so moist. Right, yo, so slick folds, meat curtains. When Lennon ties Phoenix up and she leaves. He's tied up. She's like, peace out. You're wet. You're tied to the bed. Have a great day. Phoenix actually admits to Storm that he jumped in the fountain on purpose. Storm gets really fucking pissed off and actually tells, not tells Phoenix about her dad, but he says, she's working at Obsidian. She needs this money, asshole. Do not get her fired. This totally shocks Phoenix. Because he thought Phoenix, she was stripping. Right. Phoenix is pissed. He's like, I don't want her working there. This is not cool. Chandler, when he finds out about the specific event later, he starts to fire Lennon and is like, you got to go. This is not what we discussed. Phoenix steps in and stops it and says, you know what? I purposefully snuck off on her. I did something to where she wouldn't know where to find me. And Lennon's like, why are you covering for me? What the fuck are you right. doing? They then call a truce. There's this other part where Lennon ends up seeing her lyrics on Phoenix's music notes tattoo. I can't yeah. remember if we even covered that or not because he didn't have any lyrics there. He said he wanted the song to change his life. Yeah. Not only did he steal her fucking song, I just got really he loud there. He tatted that shit on him. I was like the nerve of this asshole at the time. I think so. (laughs) But he really did that for Lennon. I'm going to just spoil everything. So let's just go. Spoiler alert. They call a truce. (laughs) She starts flirting with George. (laughs) He's had a thing for her from the minute he saw her. Phoenix is going to do everything in his power to get in between them two. But he's also going to do everything in his power to make Lennon jealous. Phoenix is very good at acting. Sometimes I just want to punch both of them in the face because the tension between them two is strong. 
Then that motherfucker goes, I'm not pretending. So you want to get me fired, but you're not pretending about your feelings? What's going on? That was a head fuck for me. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean, Phoenix? (laughs) Yeah. Things start happening. You mentioned that Lennon and George start having a thing. I hated this George bullshit plot line. I understand I guess why Ashley wrote it in to help demonstrate that Lennon still cared for Phoenix. I didn't love it because I just I thought George was a boring piece of shit. During this time, Lennon and Skylar also become friendly. There's the whole STD hookup spreadsheet. <laughs> right, because she's trying to <laughs> so there's a lot of shit going on. Yeah. She has to manage it somehow. Lennon is still trying to get back at Phoenix. She's trying to figure out ways to get him to admit that he he stole her song. She even goes to the point of trying to record him with her phone in her back pocket. He kisses the shit out of her and then deletes it. But if Memphis, something big happens, there's a rumor that Memphis gets two girls pregnant. Ugh. That's why Skylar starts this spreadsheet of all the hookups that she could remember, get him STD checked. The two girls that he gets pregnant is a reality star and associate minor. Suspectly, yes. We have all this going on. Lennon invites George to her room to watch a movie in front of Phoenix. But Phoenix oh. also brings groupies to his room. You can hear... The sex noises from his room. I could, be- <laughs> But also, Lennon decides she's going to start banging her bed on the wall. At this point, I'm like, when they fucking. That's right. <laughs> Lennon and George, their relationship is fucking awkward. I don't know why George didn't get just get the hint. Yeah, that did not make any sense to me. It was extremely forced. He kept telling her how much he liked her, mm-hmm. how interested he was in her. I'm like, dude, you don't know her. What exactly she, is it that you like? <laughs> but she also confides in him about her dad. George acts like, I want to kiss you. Ugh. It's the most awkward fucking kiss. All this is going on. The tension is fucking building. Phoenix is not happy with the fact that George was in her room. She does make George go home. Tell me to his room. Lennon wakes up the next morning. Her hands are restrained. She has a fucking groupie between her legs. The same one that had actually called her fat or said something rude to her the night before. And she's eating her out really into it. Phoenix is just sitting there. (laughs) Phoenix goes down on Lennon, edges her. Mm Mm-hmm. Doesn't let her come, but this was Phoenix's power move. He was like, you're going to invite George to your room. I'm going to get back at you. He left bruises and hickeys. I love a hickey. We're not going to revisit my hickey situation. All over her inner thighs. He was basically like branding her. If George were to go down there, she's already been marked. I thought of like a werewolf bite or a vampire bite in like some of our faded mate stories. I was like, Phoenix is marking her ass. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Phoenix then decides he's going to leave the room while Lennon is still handcuffed. The banter between them, I loved. 
they got so fucking childish at some point. <laughs> They're both headstrong. Mm-hmm. They both are sticking to their guns. She wants revenge. He's not going to fucking admit that he stole the song. Lennon is his. He was like, she's going to accept it sooner or later. The timing is impeccable. This is really where in the book for me, they have a turning point. Because they have adjoining rooms, Lennon hears him having nightmares. Phoenix ends up really sharing with Lennon what he went through in the accident. He tells her about the mom and the little boy in the other car. He tells her just what a dark place he's been in. They do continue to fight quite a bit. Lennon still won't tell Phoenix about her dad. Mm -hmm. He knows, like you said, she has told both Storm and George. At this point, Phoenix is asking himself, okay, my feelings are real and I do love this woman. What do I need to do? to prove to her that she can trust me and win her back, basically. This gets fucking annoying, okay? This <laughs> pissed me off. What? And I'm thinking I'm thinking of Heather because she really sent this <laughs> rant about this. I had to tell her, me and Terry had to tell her, look, keep fucking listening, okay? Because she was like, she sent She was irate. <laughs> we love you, Heather. We love you. Yes, Terry too. We think that we're getting a little bit of progression, right? And all of a sudden, fucking Sabrina shows up at a show. Lennon's like, what the fuck? Are we back to this? I was pissed too. Oh, yeah. Here's Heather. She sends this big recording. Did he really just invite (laughs) Sabrina to the fucking show? He is not redeemable. We were like, dude, keep listening. He invites her. They go out to dinner. Lennon has no fucking clue why Sabrina is there. She's like, how could he do this again? Sabrina makes a comment about, oh, I see how some things don't change. She's just following Phoenix around again. This is hard because Lennon has a setback. She's in her room that night. She eats one or two boxes of Twinkies. And she goes back to writing on herself with permanent marker. In the middle of all that, She hears Phoenix and Sabrina coming up to Phoenix's door, but Phoenix does not invite Sabrina in. He wants nothing to do with her. He wants nothing to do with her. God. Yeah, he's like, I have to get up early. I'm not in the mood. I'll see you tomorrow. She's fucking pissed, but he doesn't care. She was like, This is just like the last time at your other show where you called me over to have sex and we didn't. That's where Lennon finds out that. In the first part of the book where she shows up to Phoenix's show and finds Sabrina walking out the room, they never messed around. Loved that. Phoenix just wanted Lennon to think that so he could steal her song. Yeah. Huge, huge turning point for me was when we had that information. Phoenix barges into Lennon's room. She confides in him. She's like, I ate Twinkies. And he's like, Twinkies are good. She's like, no, I ate a whole fucking box. He was always so supportive of her. Mm -hmm. Being someone that has struggled with food for so long, when he encouraged her to be like, no, Lennon, you should eat. You should enjoy food. Who cares? You ate a Twinkie. I loved that. I thought that really showed to Phoenix's character. And... Bonus points to Phoenix for wiping off 
the marker on her. Yeah, he cleans her up. I feel like that's a very intimate moment. It is. Because at this point, and he realizes this later, he actually hasn't seen her fully naked. No. And he won't for a while still. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sabrina ends up going to the show. Yes. They're at the next show. She's watching it with Skylar. They're actually in the audience for this one. She's never in the audience. She's always watching right from the fucking side. She doesn't go in the green room and watch because she knows he's not going to see sharp objects. She wants to be right there. She wants him to know she's right there. So she's in the audience this time with Skylar. He mentions, I brought a special someone. An old friend, if you will. An old friend. (laughs) And Sabrina comes out. At this point, man's like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't want to see this. Phoenix keeps talking and he's making it seem like he's introducing Sabrina as somebody who's really made a difference for him. But in reality, he's like, those bitches that just fuck with other people because they're actually the miserable person. This is this bitch right here. (laughs) He pulls a rope and pig slop fucking all over her. Loved it. You know, what's crazy is that Lennon really doesn't say much about it. For me, I thought it was just a validating moment. Lennon really struggled because Phoenix still hadn't admitted to stealing. I don't think he had actually even apologized. So she's having this total mindfuck where she's feeling the kiss. They're having deep conversations. They're starting in the right direction. This was him saying, look, I hear you. I see you. I want to show you that I'm going to do this thing for you and put this person in their place. Yeah. Skylar is fucking hilarious. Okay. Skylar calls a meeting about band etiquette. She's like, Memphis, you need to start using condoms and stop knocking people up. She will take any opportunity to tear his ass down about that. She even throws condoms at him at one point. She's like, learn how to use them. She, She mentions like Phoenix. We don't do pig slop on people. She was like, actually, you know what? That was okay. That that storm acceptable. Don't leave women tied to your bed for long extended periods of time. Yeah. (laughs) Then they mentioned like, we don't send stuff to somebody's house and saying like, fuck you because they got like some bad review, whatever. All these little shenanigans they keep doing. And it's fucking hilarious. Then they get a visitor. The best visitor ever. Grams. I Grams comes to visit. Graham. She's only there for like, what, a night? And She's going to see her younger boyfriend somewhere. Oh, I was like, Grams you go, is, girl. Grams is getting it. Storm's like, why is this happening to me? A lot of things come to light because Grams really puts stuff in perspective. She's so excited to see the guys. She's super excited to see Lennon. She's like, oh my God. Grams has a come to Jesus meeting with Phoenix. I loved that she encouraged him to really forgive himself. Mm-hmm. He still hadn't moved forward and he's going to keep spiraling and keep being in this purgatory. He needs to forgive himself. And hello, Lennon is here. Grams well, always Grams, loved Lennon. Grams is talking and she's like, I'm so glad you're not giving up. She was like, I knew, I told you not to let this one go. That's when George is like, oh, hi, I'm George. Fuck George. 
George actually fucks up while Grams oh, is there. Oh, he fucked up big. What a Grams dick. Grams is cooking a breakfast. Grams is like, Lennon, you need to eat. Lennon's putting food on her plate. And what does George say? I think She's Grams. That Grams, skinny. Grams actually makes a comment saying, we need to put some meat back on your bones. George is like, she doesn't need more meat on her bones. She's not that skinny. Dead what silence. the fuck? Dead fucking silence. I have other feelings of why Lennon was still half-assed pursuing him-ish after this. But like, what the fuck, man? Phoenix was pissed. Yeah. They all were. They were all oh, like, yeah. dude, what the fuck are you doing? And he's trying to recover from what he said. <laughs> Didn't someone just go, George, just stop. Just shut up. <laughs> yeah. Because he was like trying to say, she looks great. I was just saying like, no, dude, you don't fucking say any kind of shit like that. Especially and, not to someone who he didn't know, but she's been through a lot with that. You don't say that shit to people. Grams is leaving and she tells Lennon to not give up on Phoenix. And she has a little conversation with Phoenix. He's like, she's back here for a reason. He mentioned something to the fact that she's with George. Graham says it straight up. We both know that she's not for George. That's right. That's fucking right, Grams. <laughs> Grams clicks something in Phoenix's brain. Now that we're talking about Grams leaving, guys, we hate to do this to y'all. We really do. But we're going to do a part three of the words. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to leave y'all sitting here for two hours listening to us talk because this is a phenomenal book it's very long and there's so much to talk about we want to do this book justice nat and i have talked multiple times there's so much detail there are so many things that we're afraid if we don't mention them y'all would be like fuck everything up why'd you forget this why'd you forget that this is relevant we really wanted to take the time and talk through the gorgeous piece of literature that this book is. We will not make y'all wait a week. I had put an update on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. We will still stay on schedule and do a new book next Wednesday. Part three will be released this week. Surprise! We love y'all. We hope y'all have a good day, good night, good evening, good weekend, whenever you're listening to this. We will catch you in part three. Smut love. Smut love. (laughs) Join us every Wednesday for a new episode on Smut Decoded. Smut Decoded was created and produced by us, Natalia and Quinn. If you want to chat with us about an episode or send us any book recommendations, join our Smut Decoded discussion group on Facebook. We would love to hear from you.